Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's me, the final remnants of your Thanksgiving leftovers. Now, I know it's some pickings here at the final bits of the leftovers from your delicious meal, and you're looking at the prospect of a cranberry sauce-only sandwich, which might not be the most enjoyable experience, but you know what could make it a more enjoyable experience? While you're eating that, you could listen to an episode of this podcast. Before continuing our first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. This is your last chance to get tickets for the holiday live stream that we are doing this Thursday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, but you will get a replay of it so you don't actually have to watch it at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be a live stream featuring me and my wife Kelly, and we will be doing Wizarding World Survivor, similar to how we did Wizarding World The Bachelor. We'll be improvising a whole game of Survivor with your favorite Wizarding World characters, and Kelly and I have been watching a lot of Survivor in preparation for it. We've got wonderful tasks planned and twists, and we're excited to bring all of the outwitting, outlasting, and outplaying that comes from the reality show you know and love, and even if you don't know and love it, if you have no idea what Survivor is or if you've never watched it, this will still be an enjoyable experience, and you can get tickets right now at bit.ly slash potterlessholiday2020. All of the letters are lowercase. That's bit.ly slash potterlessholiday2020. And again, those tickets get you access to the live stream as well as a link to the video recording so you can watch it again. You can watch it for the first time at a more normal time zone. If you don't live in a time zone where 7 p.m. Eastern is normal for you, don't worry about it. Again, tickets bit.ly slash Potterless Holiday 2020. Now, I'm very excited for the digital live show on Thursday, but you know what also has me excited? People supporting the podcast. So I want to give a shout out to our newest patrons who join the team over at patreon.com slash Potterless. So shout out to Elena Chatzilius and Rachel Mazzoni. Zara, name corrections for Janae Randall and Madeline Baum, and a shout out to Katie Scordino who upgraded their pledge, and of course a huge shout out to our existing list of producer level patrons, Vicky, Christine, Aaron, Clau, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Rosemary, Marie, Lisa, Romina, Audra, Eleanor, Nikita, Rachel, Zachary, Alex, John, Noel, Claire, Rory, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Justin, Jacob, Maya, Mark, Polly, Zena, Hardlin, Noelia, Nikki, Kine, Amanda, Kafir, Sarah, Marta, Maya, Floor, Georgia, Skyla, Adele, Professor, Threat, Ellie, Michael, Kelly, Carrie, Connie, Jen, Nedry, Will, Marcos, Marik, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, The Meadows Family, Ginny, Heather, Kevin, Laurie, Jaro, Pita, Janin, Callahan, Leah, Melissa, Bella, Melanie, Becca, Reese, Adam, Joseph, Lily's mom, Madison, Tonk, Sabrina, Sophia, Farzan, Melanie, Matt, Okamahime, Boney Pony, Kelsey, Rike, Taylor, Megan, Riley, Laurel, Rossan, Erica, Miranda, Landon, Kendra, Natanya, Yogan, Darcy, Sandra, Craig, Lior, Demi, Michelle, Callista, Jennifer, Henrique, Jeremy, Delkis, Katrina, Jerica, Casey, Megan, Zot, Jack, Sophia, Dane, Kirsty, Robin, Chick, Mermaid, Daddykins, Alaria, Lori, Gregory, Stan, Kaka, Nina, Ribbon, Brittany, Ashley, Ravenclaw, Gavin, Jack, Serenity, Emily, Haley, Sabrina, Sean, Jenna, Laura, Mazeltov, Eileen, Annette, Kristen, Hufflepuff. Brett, Hunter, Mary, Artemis, Trans People are People, Danae, Samantha, Tatiana, Nina, Taylor, Karis, Vomit Spiders, Tony, Allfear, Jordan, Steamed Nuggets, and Cat Eye Potter? Who never said the microwave for three minutes when they were trying to do 30 seconds, and about two minutes and 30 seconds in go, this has been a really long 30 seconds. Oh no, I added an extra zero. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to bonus episodes, director's commentary, monthly live streams, this month's bonus episode was me and Kelly eating a bunch of delicious British treats that Janae Randall mentioned previously. 
sent to us, and it was the most fun food critiquing I have ever done. I haven't done much of it, but it was way better than eating Birdie Bot's jelly beans. You can hear my thoughts about British food and me finally coming around to British food being really good. That lives at patreon.com slash Potterless, and so does a bunch of other stuff. But without further ado, let's get into episode 153 of Potterless, the first of a few covering Puffs, the play, live on Off-Broadway, recorded edition, guest starring Katie Nutman. Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a grown man who never read the Harry Potter series as a kid. He read them as an adult, and then he went and saw a fun play off-Broadway about it. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that grown man, and we are talking about that off-Broadway play, which is Puffs, and I am joined by someone that I performed lots of improv, or I guess I performed improv under your directorial tutelage and one time with for Shotprov, but it's a, an old Seattle friend of mine, Katie Nutman. Katie, how's it going? Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well, all things considered. I regret the fact that we did not have the opportunity to perform more together. And I think I even regret the fact more that you just called me an old friend. Oh, I meant old friend as in <laughs> I haven't lived in Seattle for over two years, not an old... <laughs> Once I said it, I was like, that was bad. You talk professionally and that wasn't good. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, we haven't been able to see each other in a while because uh, I guess there's a global pandemic and living, uh, you know, on opposite sides of the country. That'll do it. But I am a, a youthful 32. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and I'm an old 28. <laughs> but I'm very excited to have you on for this particular discussion because you're checking all the boxes in that you have put on theater. You teach theater professionally at a school. You have done a lot of improv. And then also you're one of, if not the biggest Harry Potter fan that I know. Yes, I I absolutely grew up with the books. My copy of Prisoner of Azkaban is split along the spine in several places because (laughs) uh, when I got into them, that was my favorite book. And book four hadn't come out yet. So I just kept continuously rereading and rereading and (laughs) rereading book three. So it's kind of a disaster. <laughs> and I've listened to both versions of the audiobooks, both the British and the US versions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, one might say that I'm a, a little obsessed and also theater. So you put all those together and you end up with an off-Broadway play. Yes, exactly. I also will say that there was one time we were going hiking in Seattle and I hadn't finished reading a Potterless chapter for a recording I had scheduled the next day. So we listened to the audiobook on our drive to the mountain. And that shows how dedicated of a friend and fan you are. Yes, because I think it was just that I happened to have them all. Like you told me what book you were reading. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great, I'll download it and we can listen to it together. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I get to listen like ground floor of Potterless is happening right now. And yes. you kept like bouncing ideas off of it as we were driving back and and I was like, I can't like say anything. I'm trying to like neutral face and you're pausing and taking notes. And I'm like, ah, oh, yes, this is perfect. I'm so glad that he notices this. Uh, this crossover clearly has been years in the making. So let's get right into it. Now, your experience with Puffs, I saw it both live and then also in preparation for this podcast. I watched the replay of it using Broadway HD, the free trial. <laughs> Did you get the chance to see it live or have you only seen the recording version? No, I have only seen the recording. So last spring, my I have a good friend of mine who was actually going to be directing it at her high school. Oh, cool. And so that was kind of the first that I had actually heard of it. She was like, yeah, I'm doing this Harry Potter play. It's called Puffs. And I was like, oh, that sounds hysterical. And so I start <laughs> looking into it and I'm like, that 
does sound hysterical. <laughs> so I kind of had looked into it, but I hadn't really done any being able to see it live. And I was, had planned on going to see her show of it too. And then March 13th hit and everything gets shut down and plays and musicals get canceled and everything is just kaput. So I have not had the chance to see it live, either professionally off-Broadway or uh, with a high school troupe. Mm -hmm. But then you contacted me and you were like, hey, there's this play. Do you want to talk on the podcast about it? And I was like, oh my God, dreams come true. Yes. <laughs> so like any good theater person, I procrastinated until the very last moment. And Smart. I mm -hmm. watched slash read it last night. Um, I did not use the free Broadway HD trial. I'm I sorry that I didn't it. tell you. Uh, I mean, good, they're getting money. I don't know if my Broadway HD seven-day free trial got them any oh, money. No, 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 no. No, oh. it is not good that they are getting money because I paid Amazon for it. Oh, I did not no. pay Broadway HD. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, how dare you? <laughs> Had I known about Broadway HD, then yeah, I totally would have gone there. But um, instead, here we are, and Amazon has more of my money. Mm. Well, for anyone out there that does want to watch it, you can get it on iTunes, which I guess is better than giving money to Jeff Bezos, but you also can watch it for free by going to Broadway HD and signing up for a seven-day free trial, which does last 10 days. Talk about bang for your buck. Although, to be <laughs> fair, I do feel like there have definitely been seven days of my life that have lasted for 10 days, and like <laughs> the past seven months have definitely lasted for 10 years. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. time is a flat circle and... <laughs> yeah, it's a flat circle and then also a figure eight and then also that interlooping Hot Wheels crisscross crash track that just yes! goes all into each other. That's what time is right now. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think this play is fantastic. Have you seen Harry Potter and the Cursed Child parts one and two? I have not seen it, but I have read it. Okay, so you, I would guess, are not a fan because you've read it, or do you actually like Correct. it? Correct. Okay. Uh, no, I... <laughs> How did you know? Uh, it is an awful script, and I absolutely hated it. Uh, when it first came out, uh, some theater friends and I got together and we actually rented a space in Seattle to do like a staged reading. Man, that would have been so cool if the play didn't suck. <laughs> right? It did. And we were so excited. So there we are sitting in this like empty rehearsal hall, big circle, all of us theater people, cast list goes out, we're reading it. And we get about 10 pages in and we're kind of like, wait, what? what the hell is this? And we continue reading it. And our plan had been to like marathon the whole thing that night. And we get through part one and we're like, we just, we can't do this anymore. So we went out and we got drinks and then played on the giant swing set outside of the Mopop Museum and got drunk. Smart decision. I wish if I had walked in and as I finished part one of Cursed Child, they said, you could see part two or you could leave and get drunk and go on the swings, I'd probably <laughs> pick option B. <laughs> Definitely. I have also heard from friends, though, that if you go see it, it's much more enjoyable. Yeah, but it's still not good. It's fine. The problem is you have to pay. It's not worth it. So the whole point of this tangent is I think Puffs is the true play that exists. Like, in my head canon, Puffs is the true one. And I've also seen a very Potter musical, and I did enjoy it. And it might just be because I don't like musicals, but I think Puffs is also better. Okay. It's at least more up my wheelhouse. I don't know if you've seen the very Potter musical stuff on YouTube. I, I also have not because um, I, I I don't know. I don't know why I have resisted it, but I'm kind <laughs> of sometimes a purist about things, and I'm like, no, okay. there is yeah, this yeah. section. And and I even feel that way about Fantastic Beasts to, to some oh. extent. I mean, those are also bad, so it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say I feel that way about like the screenplays, the little companion book that came out, the little teeny oh, tiny one. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Really fun. Absolutely. Excellent way to put things together. The fact that she did it as part of a charity fundraiser, super fantastic. Love that. 
But then it just feels like a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I want to go see Cursed Child because this has been my entire life. And also, as a theater person... I need to see that magic on stage happen. I that stuff need is cool. to see the technological pieces of that. If you can get discounted tickets, the effects are worth the price of admission. I just saw Frozen. Um, and by just saw Frozen, I mean back when we were allowed to see theater, I think it was January of last year. Yeah, but that just, January just happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was phenomenal to see them using puppetry. I also, I have notes in here about puffs. I am a sucker for puppets. I think mm. that they are just absolutely phenomenal and one of the greatest theatrical techniques that we can ever use as human beings. So when puppets started coming out in puffs, I was like, oh, I'm sold. I'm here. I'm totally on board. <laughs> and so the puppetry in Frozen was fantastic. And the the set changes and everything else like that, like that is what I need to see Cursed Child for. But I also think I'm going to have a healthy dose of wine before I go so I can ignore the plot. <laughs> That's a smart, smart decision. Yeah, Kelly saw Frozen. And the funniest thing she told me about it is that before the play started, they had to give parents and children a please don't sing along to the songs warning, which I think is incredible. <laughs> As a theater goer, you go to see a jukebox musical or something where everybody knows it, and I'm like, I paid $60 to see them sing, not to hear you and your child sing. Correct. The encore, the curtain call, sing along, totally. If you are invited, that's great. But if you have not spent years training, you do not know what you're doing, so stop. <laughs> Perfect. Well, with all of this taken care of, let's get into Puffs, the play. It also, what's the alternate title? It's like Puffs or Seven Years at a uh, Certain... Seven Increasingly Eventful Years at a Certain School of Magic and Magic. God, so good. <laughs> yeah, at some point in the uh, introduction, the stage directions here... You have the script. At one point, it says like... Magic for boys and magic for girls. Yes, they at one point make a joke about male magic and female magic because, yes. and I didn't realize this until they made that joke, and now with all of J.K. Rowling's recent Twitter garbage, it makes more sense. Why is the name of the school gendered? That is, why is it not just Hogwarts School of Magic? Why does it have to be Hogwarts School of Boy Magic and Girl Magic? <laughs> like, I, it does sound very profound and cool, like saying witchcraft and wizardry. I get it. Sounds nice off the tongue. But when you take that step back and you realize, oh... That's weird. This is just bigotry. <laughs> it's Yeah, right. it's just, much like the tweets, it is wholly unnecessary. Hogwarts School of Bigotry and Hatred. <laughs> Hooray! Oh no, yay! Don't forget, there are also very few black people, and none of them are consequential in this world as well. So as long as we don't have black people, why should we include non-binary people? You know, it's okay because we have the one Jewish kid, so we're good. <laughs> we have Anthony Goldstein <laughs> holding down the fort. So let's get into Puffs. It opens with a McGonagall narration slash your theater announcements, but she's got her wonderful McGonagall voice going on. And then the narrator comes out, one of my favorite characters, and he does lights taking away with the put outer, not the deluminator, as I refuse to go with this rename. But early on, we get an instance of one of the very few things I do not like in the play and it's that dinging noise. I really don't like it. Yes, I hated that. I love this play. And this the dinging noise is used for a lot of different things. It's used for scene changes. It's used for when they do things that get them points. In the first part of it, I really struggled with this because as I started reading it, I was like, oh, this is also not a good script. And it's <clears throat> very heavy on the stage directions. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll watch it and that'll be better. So I read about, I, I don't know, the first couple of scenes or so. 
And then I started watching it. And then I started kind of reading and watching simultaneously. And I did not like the dinging noise because it also wasn't consistent through the whole show. Oh. They're very heavy handed with it at the beginning. But towards the end, it's like they've just forgotten it. And I think that one of the biggest things in improv that we teach is to hold on to your shit. Right. If you create something, if you establish something, if you determine that this is a pattern, then you have to remember that that's important. And that's a gift that either as a creator you have given to the other people on stage or uh, in a scripted piece, that's a gift that you've given to the audience and you have to follow through on that promise. So I was A, annoyed that it existed in the first place, and then B, annoyed that it did not continue. See, I guess I was happy that it stopped because I did not like the noise. And I also, it also could be, this is a recording thing versus seeing it live. I did find that all of the things that were not the microphones of the performers. So when the character who is, I guess, Ludo Bagman has a microphone or when they're doing the McGonagall things in the beginning, it felt like every other noise was a lot louder and some of the sound effects are really loud too. So this also could just be a watching the video at home experience that the dings were also a lot louder because I didn't remember being that annoyed by them in person, but I do remember thinking this feels unnecessary. I'm happy to report that this is one of the very few negative things I have about this play because I genuinely adore it. In the foreword from the author, uh, he does say there are many sound sound cues. And I will apologize now to any future designer in charge of this. And <laughs> and I think that that started, right, because he was a sound designer, that he wrote the play from the perspective of a sound designer. And it was like, look at all these cool things that I can do, instead of letting the story and the characters drive the sound. Which, again, like we all have our faults. I'm not going to pretend like I've ever written a play. And I certainly would come at it from a stage manager's perspective, which is not at all where you should be writing a play from. <laughs> but uh, with that in mind, it is a little bit forgiven in that in terms of the, the level of the sound effects that were there. Mm, level is not the right word. The sheer amount of sound effects that were present. Mm -hmm. That kind of justifies it in my mind. And again, I appreciate that they went away for the sake of letting the characters tell the story instead of just trying to create the sound escape. But also, I didn't like that it was something that got let go of. And if you can let go of it later, then why have it in the first place? For sure. I think it's true. So let's get into the actual story. So they start to introduce like the Harry Potter story, but they introduce that they are instead following the story of another orphan. And it is an orphan that was born of wizard parents, but those parents died in a chocolate frog related incident. And then the orphan was sent over to Cattle Springs, New Mexico, where they were raised by muggles. And we get the great introduction where the dad who becomes it's Wayne's uncle opens the door and goes, yeehaw, and then immediately is handed a baby and goes, oh no! <laughs> so with this, I just want to interrupt and say the, the chocolate frog accident, they say don't ask. So I didn't ask, but I did start imagining. And I had just seen a TikTok that reveals how babies have x-rays taken. And if you have never seen that, it is hysterical. They put this baby into this like plastic tube that puts their arms up above their head, and it is very Augustus Gloopy. So okay. the video is pictures of babies in plastic tubes playing the Augusta Gloop Oompa Loompa song. <laughs> so it said chocolate frog accident. So ah. I'm picturing some sort of like Willy Wonka, Harry Potter crossover, chocolate frog factory wizard being sucked up a giant tube incident. I like it. The Augustus Gloop demise was always the most terrifying of the things that happened to the children for me. I guess because I'm claustrophobic, but it just like that just getting sucked up a tiny tube felt bad. 
That does not seem pleasant. See, I was always on board with that one because I thought it would be more like a water slide, but with chocolate. Mm. I don't think I fully comprehended the like death or disappearance aspect of it. Uh, but the squirrels were the ones that weirded me out. Wait, which one is the squirrels? Is it Veruca Salt? And she said she wants a squirrel. And I want a squirrel. I want a squirrel now, daddy. And then like the squirrels just carry her away. They're they're trained to shell all the peanuts. Is that in the Johnny Depp remake? Because in the original one, she just falls down the golden goose chute. Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking Gene Wilder. There's Blueberry Girl. There's Veruca Salt falls down the golden goose thing. Uh, Mike TV gets shrunk really small. Augustus Gloop goes into the chocolate tube. And then Charlie. And then Charlie. So maybe it was in the remake. Who drinks the fizzy lifting soda and also breaks a rule, but apparently the rule that he breaks isn't bad enough. He loses! He gets nothing! He's They're all naughty children, <laughs> but he's poor, so we forgive him for that. Yes, his grandparents all live in the same bed all of the time, so we have to give him a candy factory. Yeah. So anyway, Harry Potter, they <laughs> announce that Wayne is a regular boy with regular problems of someone in 1991, and it shows him playing a Game Boy, blowing the car so good. So choice. Detailed. Uh, it's wonderful. Beautiful detail. It reminds me of something that happened to me when I was in college. I bought a Game Boy Color in order to prepare for a Pokemon-themed orientation week that was happening the next year. <laughs> and I bought it off eBay, and I had Pokemon Blue with it. And I put it in, and I flipped on the power. I had just put in fresh batteries, and it didn't work. And I was really, really disappointed. And then I thought, wait a second. I took it out. I blew it. I put it back in and flipped it on, and then it worked. And I was like, this is perfect. I would not have wanted it to be any other way. Like, if it worked <laughs> when I first did it, this would have been way less fun. But the fact that I had to blow on the cartridge to make it work made me so happy. It was so good. Yeah, it's a, a rite of passage, almost, mm -hmm. in order to, to play video games from that era. It's necessary. It's necessary. And any scientist or game designer that says it doesn't work is a liar, and they know it. <laughs> so an owl comes in with a letter, and Wayne is very confused, and his uncle says, Oh, I forgot to tell you, you're a wizard, Wayne. Also, wizards exist, and you are one, just like your British parents. Oh, your parents are British, and then says that he'll tell them more on their way to the airport. So just a, a wonderful exchange, and this sets the stage of something that I think goes throughout the play, which I really like, is just the speed of the jokes is so quick, and it really works to the advantage of the play when they are making fun of stuff, or just in general, I like how quick-hitting all of the jabs in Puffs are. It has to be in order to get through seven books of knowledge or history or experiences in either, depending on the version that you have, 90-ish or 110-ish minutes, uh, as is quoted in the book. And also on the cover, I guess I should preface this and say, too, that I have the, the copy of the script I have is the two-act edition for young wizards. Mm. They also have young uh, or not young wizards and one act editions. So depending oh, cool. on all of those pieces and depending on what you're looking for as a high school producer, you can buy lots of different things and whether or not in includes the F word. <laughs> so it has to be that quick in order to get all of those experiences in. And there is a note from the director about that too. Uh, it's just like, go, go fast. You <laughs> have to go fast. Otherwise it's not going to work. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's funny you mentioned it because very soon after the narrator says that they will be taking a in-depth look into the life of this child and then he starts to say over the next five hours split into two parts and then a record scratch noise and he goes what 90-ish minutes so 
When I was a kid, I got a CD for Christmas one year and it was the A-teens covering ABBA music because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am the coolest person ever. My sister had the same album. And I remember listening to it and my mom was like, this is just ABBA, but on speed. And so as I'm watching this and watching things unfold, I'm like, this is just Harry Potter, but on speed. (laughs) And so I had this weird connection of like me reading Harry Potter and listening to A-teens. And now it's the other way around that I prefer ABBA shockingly, um, <laughs> over the 18s. Real surprising there. And then, uh, but also watching Harry Potter on speed. So it's kind of a little inversion of my life. Ah, that's very fun. That's very fun. I do appreciate that this is a double joke. It is simultaneously poking fun at Cursed Child and then also just letting you know and letting the people in the audience know, yeah, it's about 90-ish minutes. <laughs> I thought there was an intermission, but in the recorded version, there's not an intermission. I'm pretty sure there, w- I'm not, I don't remember. Is there no? Is it just a straight through? Well, in the recorded version, there is no intermission, which I got very confused about because as I'm, again, reading along with this, I'm like, wait, there's extra dialogue in here and there's different pieces. And so as I'm trying to figure it out, I'm pausing and rereading <laughs> and, and figuring out like what's been skipped and pieces like that too. So there's obviously options that you can choose as a creator, which I think is one of my favorite things. And again, in, with other parts and, and future parts, there are options like choose one of these lines have your actor memorize all seven of them and see what they feel like in the moment Mm. don't have them communicate with the other actors about what they're doing just Ah, improv it and i love that in a script that's one of my favorite things that we got to do with the 25th annual putnam county spelling bee oh a great show it's beautiful and has a lot of room for improv so that was the first musical that i ever directed as a high school teacher and i chose it because i was like well i'm an improviser and i'm gonna teach my kids how to do it too and it was a lot of fun that's very good i was once a guest speller my college put it on and a lot of my friends were in the show and there was a raffle to pick the four whatever guest spellers that they get up from the audience and there was like a big bucket that you put all of your slips into and then there was a small bucket where clearly they were taking them out and putting the winners and I remember my friend was the stage manager or assistant director whatever it was she was taking the papers so I filled mine out and she just took it and put it into the small bucket (laughs) to guarantee (laughs) that I would be a speller it's such a great show and I love that that gives the actors a sense of freedom too especially when you're looking at this as a professional level that's eight shows a week you can get real tired of that right. really fast. Mm-hmm. And so giving them a way to stay on their toes is something that I always find enjoyable as a performer too. Yeah, that's really fun. Pass Katie, that does sound really fun. Hello everyone, it's me, Editing Mike. How's it going? Have you been enjoying the episode? I hope you've been enjoying the episode. You know what I find really fun, Pass Mike and Pass Katie? Having enough money to pay bills. So in order to do that, we need to take a little bit of a break to talk about sponsors in a segment that we like to call Wingardium Adridosa. Today's episode of Pottery List is brought to you by Function of Beauty. Let's say hypothetically that you are one of the cast members in Puffs and you are constantly changing your hair, you're putting on wigs, you're putting on hats, you're putting your hair through a lot of wear and tear. How can you make sure that your hair is healthy and vibrant after these performances? You could use Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty offering 100% custom solutions for you. The process is very simple and honestly, it's a good time. First, you take a quick but thorough quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair goals 
bottles and you can choose the color and the fragrance that you prefer in your shampoo and conditioner. Next, Function of Beauty's team determines the right blend of ingredients and they bottle your custom formula to order. Then they deliver your personalized formula right to your door in a cute customized bottle. They'll print your name on it, they'll give you pumps, they'll give you stickers, and they will even give you a detailed instructions card describing your hair care regimen based on whatever your order is. Function of Beauty uses only clean ingredients and all of their formulas are vegan and cruelty-free. They never use sulfates, parabens, or any other harmful ingredients. Our hair feels great. Our skin smells wonderful. Our moisturizer has been very clutch in this winter to make sure that our hands are not getting dried out and they're smelling lovely. It's just a wonderful experience in all areas of Function of Beauty that we have in the Schubert household. And they have products beyond the four that I've talked about. They have a whole skincare routine. You really ought to check it out. What are you waiting for? Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Potterless, take your quiz, and save 20% on your first hair care order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Potterless, let them know that you heard about it from our show, and you'll get 20% off your first hair care order. So go to Function of Beauty Save that 20% on your hair care order and get your hair looking great and keep it nice and strong despite all the stuff you're doing for this performance today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally, so if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are, so it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club, and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want, and then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me, and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash Potterless. Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
So we get to the sorting, and the sorting hat I love is the paper fortune teller thing. I don't know if there's an actual name for this, but I used to do that in middle school all the time. You, resident high school teacher, is this still cool? Are are kids still doing this? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, Um, damn. (laughs) The youth. Not even a little bit. I don't know that it was ever really a high school thing. Mm -hmm. I think that elementary school kids are probably still super into it because a a cootie catcher is what I always call them. Um, I think a cootie catcher will always be the height of coolness in like second grade. And you're like, oh, I have this mystical power. But by the time you get into fourth grade, you're like, oh, oh no, it's it's not magic. It's just paper. Numbers and colors and things written about my crush on the inside. (laughs) They have, and this is a very early instance of them, I guess, not getting sued by Warner Brothers. I'm very excited. I have interviews scheduled with a lot of different people that worked on Puffs and acted in Puffs. I'm very interested to see all of the different skirting around legal ramifications they had to do. And there's some things that I picked up on because I have a little bit of familiarity with trying to not get sued by Warner Brothers for making your career off of a Harry Potter-related endeavor. So I I can understand some of the little tricks that they did, one of which is that they never call some of the characters by their full name. Correct. He's never Cedric Diggory. He's either Cedric or Mr. Diggory. Yes. But they never call him Cedric Diggory because I do know that the name Cedric Diggory altogether is a registered trademark because if you try to buy wands from Warner Brothers on the Warner Brothers page, you can learn which names in Harry Potter are registered trademarks and which ones aren't, which is a very fun endeavor. Bellatrix Lestrange, not a registered trademark. I noticed that as I was reading it too, because that's in terms of the way that they're being sorted, right? Seamus Finnegan or, well, Finnegan comma Seamus is in here. Mm -hmm. So that one's clearly not trademarked. Uh, But then they come up to one that says, um, oh, it just says Goyle. Mm -hmm. So Gregory Goyle is obviously trademarked, but Goyle is not. Yeah, so there's a lot of different tricks that they have to do. But what they first do here is they have the four houses, which are Brave, Smart, Snake, and Puff, which is (laughs) so good. The fact that Slytherin is just Snake is very, very, very good. It's very fitting. It absolutely Mm -hmm. fits into the boiling it down. And I think that's part of why when I first started this, I was very hesitant because I have to admit that I am very defensive of Hufflepuffs. I myself am a Gryffindor. Same. And I absolutely adore Hufflepuffs, though, because I just think that they are the best, kindest people. And I want to be more like them. Yeah. And I emulate them. I love them. I I look at what they do and I'm like, oh, gosh, they're so kind. I'm just such a bitch sometimes. I wish I could be that kind. I wish I could be that loving and that forgiving and and create that environment where everybody is just happy. But no, I'm just here getting shit done. Mm-hmm. And so when I first started this and they're like, oh no, we're just puffs. And and I was like, no, but I, but I love them. Why are we making fun of them? And then I kind of started and I was like, wait, remember, this is satire. Right. We're taking everything to an extreme here. It's okay. There's going to be some redemption in the end. Right, so. right. I am in the same boat. I'm a Gryffindor. I have some slight puff tendencies. It would be my secondary house. My wife is an incredibly Hufflepuff and I think that she, like, out outside of Harry Potter world, like, inspires me to be a better person. But then also, specifically, like, the qualities you talked about, it's stuff that I wish I had more of. And I also guess it's part of just being a kid versus coming old is that as a kid, you think of the people like, oh, they're loyal and they're good friends, whatever. You could be that in a different house. But when you're older, 
older and like my least favorite people in the world are flaky people. Yes. The fact that being a Hufflepuff and, and being loyal is like supposed to be shit on and is shit on by JK. And I will always try to clarify my stance is that I love Hufflepuffs and I don't think they're bad. I think that JK Rowling as the narrator was so mean to them for no good reason. So I think to take their traits, which are inherently very good and we should all aspire to have. And for whatever reason, for those to become like, oh, lol, they're nothing. I'm glad the play makes fun of that. And then by the end of the play, shows that it's really good. And they are the best. They are the best. And I am also dating a Hufflepuff. And uh, he did not know for the longest time. And so I had him take the the Pottermore quiz. And I was like, listen, we we can't continue this relationship until you know <laughs> what house you're in. I'm pretty sure. But we just want to make sure. Of course. Uh, so he he gets Hufflepuff. And he was kind of disappointed at first. And I was like, no, you have to remember that the the way the stories are told are skewed. And I kind of told him, you know, here's all the things that I love about you and, and why it's valuable to me that you are a Hufflepuff. And they're close closest to the kitchens and he got really excited about that and that was the selling point which i also love that that continues to come back in in every iteration one of the best things about the hufflepuffs is being close to the kitchens and i think not just for the easy access of food but also because when you're at a party where does everyone hang out in the kitchen yep what's my favorite holiday thanksgiving because it's centered around the kitchen yep all of these things are are so wonderful and it just has that sense of of warmth and love to it Mm -hmm. and i love that we get to find that in here yeah yeah for sure as a college student whose dorm was the one closest to the kitchen. I thrived and loved that. And there was also one of the dorm buildings at Rice, the the kitchen area at one of them, they didn't close off the soda machine and it was very easy to break into the ice cream machine because it was just like one of those latch slide horizontal doors. So if you just pushed it down and then moved it left and then down into the right, you could undo the latch. So anytime I went to a party at Will Rice, if it was getting hot and sweaty or whatever, I would go downstairs, get some Powerade to like rehydrate myself and then steal a couple, you know, bluebell ice cream bars and then uh, go back. <laughs> Being close to the kitchens is yes. important. That is the the huffliest, the puffiest uh, <laughs> thing that I could ever imagine happening in college. And I, I adore that. So Wayne, while they're doing the sorting, he does something that I appreciate. And this play does a good job. The whole point of the play is to give you a perspective outside of just Harry's very biased Gryffindor perspective, which I think is great. But also, this play does what the Harry Potter books didn't do as often as I would have liked, and they make a lot of 90s references, but also, they just treat the kids as kids, and they do normal things, and Wayne in the scene is just nervously talking to someone in line before sorting, and that is such a mood, like, that is so real, and if I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a student, especially if you're a muggle-born, there would have been way more things where kids are like, so what, what happens when you put on the hat? I've never heard of this before, and there's just not a lot of those moments in the actual canon stuff, and I really appreciate that Puffs does it a lot. I go the exact opposite way with that, like, Mm. yes, I absolutely love it, but it's a completely Puff response response as well, right? Mm. Let me emote, let me share, let me talk, let me figure this out. Whereas uh, my Gryffindor response is just like, shut up and get through it. And <laughs> I feel like that's Harry's response too, right? Is yeah. that, that comes back to him being a Gryffindor. Is he's like, I'm just going to stand here and watch what happens and see all of these terrifying things and this yelling hat. And then he kind of sucks it up and, and has that little conversation, which I also love that we get to see as we see Harry sorted, mm-hmm. that we get to see him saying that out loud. So that is a fantastic little nod. No hat, anything but that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the the way that was staged as well, having these kind of stream of consciousness things and then he stops and then turns around and continues and talks a little bit more and then realizes he's talking too much and then stops and then keeps talking some more. <laughs> and it was beautifully done. It was 
kind of one of the first parts where I was like, oh, okay, maybe, right, this is satire. I'm going to enjoy this. It also makes the reveal of Harry, because this is the first time we actually see Harry not as just the baby prop. It makes that reveal so fun because Wayne is just talking to this hooded person that doesn't say anything at all. And then they call for Harry Potter and Harry rips off his robe that he's wearing and then just goes up all prancily like. And it's just a great introduction to Harry and the way that they portray Harry in this play because the portrayal of Harry is so funny. It is so funny. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He is for sure not the same Harry that we have seen in other productions as well. He's not this stoic, brave hero leader. And seeing that contrasted with uh, Wayne's desire to be that person, right? I'm an orphan, new magic school, all of these things happening to me is such a classic piece of any young adult literature that has come out in the past 20 years. It seems like that there is a chosen one. And uh, obviously Harry Potter has had a, a huge influence on that. But when we look at so many other dystopia fictions as well, that it's clearly down to one teenager to save the entire world. Ah! And Wayne is like thirsting for that, but also... He's a Hufflepuff, and that's okay mm-hmm. because, in his own way, he's he's going to experience his hero's journey as well. Yeah, it's a really fun flip because Harry oftentimes laments that he has been stuck with this chosen one status, and he gets it, and he has to deal with it. Whereas Wayne is a complete flip; he wants it so badly and just doesn't get it, and then has to deal with that. The grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. So Wayne goes up. He is sorted into Puff immediately. It's like, had his place on top, Puff, like right away. And then we cut to the introduction to all of the Puffs, starting the running bit of them constantly saying hi to each other very loudly in unison, which is very Puff of them. So the roster of Puffs, we have, and these are their actual names, Warner Brothers lawsuit skirting included, Jay Finch Fletchley, Susie Bones, Sally Perks. That was just... A complete new name, right? That wasn't any sort of Hufflepuff character we know. I had the intent of going back to double check it, but I believe she is a new one. She's definitely not one that I can remember. It has been probably about a year since I've revisited the books, which is, um, you know, maybe it's time for that. It's <laughs> it's comfy, cozy time, right? It's yeah. rainy. It's yep. dark. Mm-hmm. I can light some candles in my fireplace. It's time to revisit Harry Potter. Yeah, you're in the Seattle six-month span where it's gray and rainy every day before the six months of perfect summer. Yeah, it is the long dark. So uh, I need some comfort and some joy. So yeah, I will double check on that. But I'm pretty sure that Sally Perks is, is a student that we are not familiar with. Right. So then we have Ernie Mack, who is obviously Ernie McMillan. Hannah, just Hannah, but that's Hannah Abbott. Leanne, who is also a new creation. I don't... Th- think she is. I'm not oh, positive Leanne about this. But Interesting. Dumbledore's army, mm-hmm. wasn't it Leanne that snitched on them? No, that's Marietta Edgecombe. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I could have sworn that was, there was something, again, that's another one that I'm oh, looking forward um, to, to refinding. Who is the, who is Katie Bell's friend? Was she Leanne? Maybe that was it. Katie Bell had a friend that told someone about her getting possessed. And I can't recall oh, if that oh, was Marietta Edgecombe or someone else. Hmm. I'm pretty sure Leanne is is a very minor character that is mentioned. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. I also could be wrong. You are not wrong, Pass Katie. Hey, it's me, Editing Mike. How's it going, everyone? Pass Mike and Pass Katie, we're on the money here. Leanne is that friend of Katie Bell's who saw her get possessed. She is from Hufflepuff. She doesn't really have a role outside of this one particular instance in the main books, but she's there and she's a Hufflepuff. 
Hooray! Anyway, back to the podcast. Thank you for the Marietta Edgecombe, though. You know, I, I still deal with adult acne, so I, I have a kinship to Marietta Edgecombe having death scar acne. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was she the one who had acne beforehand, too, that they made fun of her for? There's some girl that just has acne that they make fun of for having acne. No, I believe... I'm going to Google acne girl Harry Potter. Eloise Midgen. Yes, that's in book four before the, the Yule Ball. They were like, well, you could ask her. Oh, no, we couldn't possibly ask her. She has acne. Ugh. I hate that shit so much. I think it is the absolute worst. It is so unnecessary. I guess it could be realistic of teenage boys being the worst people on earth. Okay, and then it... It comes back, though, too, when they talk about Ginny, right? Well, Ginny has nice skin, doesn't she? The nice skin thing I always I always took as Harry just not finding a, a way to talk about Ron's sister being hot without sounding weird and him just stumbling over his words and saying, nice skin. But yeah, they talk about Eloise Midgen twice, and the two times they talk about her is in reference to her acne. And I really, really don't like that a lot because it is the most unnecessary. And now that J.K. Rowling is very clearly sucky, it makes me think more of just J.K. Rowling like, I'm going to make a character that I'm going to shit on. Yep. Ugh. Acne. Ugh. And fat phobia is also a oh, huge it's thing. Oh, so huge. Uh, it's so Looking at rampant. pieces like the fat friar and the fat lady in the portrait and looking at how she describes umbrage as well. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. clearly overweight people couldn't possibly be quality people either. And so it is no way. very disappointing to see that, you know, as, as we have reflected on that and gotten older too and realized that none of us have lived in this vacuum and have maybe didn't catch it the first mm-hmm. 18 times that we read through it. <laughs> but uh, as we continue to grow and continue to learn and recognize the, the lack of representation or the unfortunate uh, bigotry that is present in the representation that is there, it's, it is really sad to see. Yep, 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 yep. But we're learning from it. Hooray! Yay, so the final gross. puffs that we get to meet are the other members of our new trio, which is Oliver Rivers and Megan Jones, new creations. And then finally, after getting introduced to all of the puffs, we get from offstage, and my name is Cedric! And you get this wonderful guitar riff that comes, and uh, the, the Cedric portrayal is so fun. It is so fun. I had the pleasure of meeting the actor who played Cedric at AligiCon, and he is the nicest person. And... It's fun the way he portrays it because when I saw it live at New World Stages, it was a different actor playing Cedric. And this actor had a different spin on it where he was a very tall, very muscly dude. So he was more of this like, I'm just this perfect specimen Cedric, look at me. Whereas this Cedric, he is also still tall and in very great shape, but not as like buff as the dude we saw when I saw it live. But the Cedric, like, I like that he's just nice and cool. Like, he just is a nice, cool person, and he's very likable. And I like, not that I dislike the guy who I saw when I saw it live, but I thought that this video version portrayal of Cedric was a harder-to-achieve cool. Like, he's more likable because he's just a nice, fun dude, less so than being this very attractive, very ripped guy. It's fascinating to me to think about how Cedric is this really cool dude, right? Everybody loves him. He's very popular. But also, he kind of flips that trope of most of the time, the popular guy is kind of an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. But because he's a puff, he's also super likable and is super encouraging of Wayne and is very supportive of everyone. Like, he clearly has an influence over everyone as the story progresses and has that popular, like, oh, well, if he's doing it, I'm doing it too. But at the same time, he doesn't take it to a level of arrogance. And I find that very endearing, Mm -hmm. which is also super fun because the actor 
who plays Cedric, also doubles as Voldemort. Oh, it's such a perfect, such a perfect thing. Yes. And I'm explicitly, one of the episodes I'm going to do with the Puff actors is I'm doing just the people whose roles are wildly different from each other. And I think that's something that this play does really well. It's fun to see him as an actor take on both of those roles and make it very distinct. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's really solid. So Cedric lays down some advice. He also at one point warns the puffs that they're going to get picked on and bullied and a lot of kids are going to shoot curses and spells at them and then announces here is a list of curses that you can be expected to get hit by in the next week and a giant list just falls down from the rafters which is very solid. The stage directions here have some of the spells that are listed. Oh, and I love the way they have done the spells in this whole play. So as you hear them, they are vaguely reminiscent. Most of the time you can like partner them with something else that works, but also they are spelled different in the text. So they've gotten around some of the pieces of, of legality by just spelling it different. So even if it's pronounced the same, uh, it, it might be spelled differently. And so some of the truly terrifying and embarrassing sounding spells are listed, including Wedgio, Noses, boogerous, forget us, your parents, us, etc. That's very good. It's something that when I saw it live, I was not close enough to be able to read that list. But watching the video, I was able to pause, and the ones that I took note of were potty mouth, smush face, and bark epidemius was my personal favorite, which I don't know if that means like an epidemic of barking or barking skin. Like epidural? Yeah, see, that's that's exactly what I, I'm like. That could go two ways, is that either you can no longer speak and you are only barking, or it turns your skin into oh, tree into bark. Oh, into tree bark. I was imagining like my skin was making barking noises, but yet, wow, it's got so many dimensions. Okay, so w- which one would you, if you were being cursed with this, which one would you rather have? That you cannot speak and you can only bark or that your tree skin has formed? I would go with tree skin because now I'm Groot from Marvel. Oh, okay. Good point. <laughs> I think I would also go with tree skin uh, because that's the, probably the closest I'm ever going to come to invisibility. Ah, so I can just go like camouflage. hang out in the woods and have no more responsibility. It's pretty good. So Cedric continues and he asks the puffs, what do you think the most important part of magic school is? And Oliver goes, learning magic. And Cedric goes, wrong. Wrong. The house cup, (laughs) which is just, this play made me realize so many things that I had already thought like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then I take the extra step back and go, that is really weird. Hogwarts really doesn't seem to put a lot of emphasis on education, especially the fact that these kids are 11 when they show up to the school and a good chunk of them are muggle born and a lot of people have no idea what they're doing. And it doesn't feel like they prepare students for that very well. No, there's the idea that there's no like wizarding preschool or wizarding, you know, before what is essentially third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. There's no education that's just left up to the families. And they touch on that several times through here too, uh, specifically with Oliver and his love of math and how that comes through and helps save uh, people in the end. Uh, Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Also looking at things like there's a moment with a certain potions professor and he teaches another critical part of growing up. And I find that absolutely hysterical as well, that things like that were not covered and it's clearly not a valued education thing. And the other thing with house points too is that those are very clearly very important in the early books in Harry Potter as well. But as he gets older, as Harry has more things to deal with, he's like, whatever, it's just house points. They don't talk about the house cup past book 
three, do they? I really don't think they mention it at all. No, it's canceled for book four because of the tournament. Right. So there's already enough competition. We don't need more competition. Mm -hmm. Book five, I believe Harry is in kind of a daze post-serious. Right. Book six... I don't know. Book seven, he's not even there at school. So again, it's been about a year since I've revisited these things and I really should have uh, brushed up before coming onto <laughs> a podcast. You've, wa- you've read the script. You've watched the script. Come on. No, you're totally, totally <laughs> fine. So this is when they get into their resounding cry for the House Cup of getting third or nothing. Third they or say, maybe nothing. we'll win. Maybe we'll come in second. Maybe we'll get third. Third or nothing, which is just... That is one of the few things I knew about Puffs before I saw it. And when someone told me that joke, I was like, this is going to be good. Like, I don't need to hear anything else about the play. The fact that the Puffs resounding cry is third or nothing (laughs) is so funny. I compare that to looking at people in the Olympics, right? And Mm. how frustrating. When I was younger, I was like, God, that must be so frustrating to get the bronze medal, right? There's two people standing there. You were that close, but you just got the bronze. And as I have gotten older, I've come to think, Wait a second. That means that you are the third best in the entire world at whatever it is that you're doing. And that's still pretty damn cool. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the House Cup is not nearly as important or exclusive, I guess, as a, <laughs> a bronze medal. But I don't think that I will ever have the opportunity to be the third best at anything. <laughs> I love seeing that as... Again, that's such a puffy quality to be able to take joy in being third and... It's something that we can all learn a little bit more about ourselves. Instead of being bitter that we got second or third, uh, we can take joy in what we do have. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's a great note to end this episode of Potterless on, this first part of the Puffs discussion. What a fine note that we should all be happy with bronze. And it's true of, I feel like I've heard this, that the bronze medalists are always the happiest, or at least they're happier than the silver medalists, because, you know, at least you got something. Yeah. At least you're not fourth. Like, I feel like fourth would be absolutely the worst imaginable. Again, I would still take being fourth and the best in the world at at literally anything right now. I would take getting to go to the Olympics. Are you kidding me? Like, Olympic Village, you get to chill out with all the other people. Maybe you pass the Olympic basketball team, the women's basketball team. You can say hi to Sue Bird, Seattle legend. Come on. Yes. Yes. Uh, and her new fiance, Megan yeah, Aquino. Uh, super excited so about So happy for them. Gosh. Right? It's, it's perfect. It's the definition of a Seattle power couple, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I could not be more in love with them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad you're on. I'm glad you're going to be on for the next episode as well. But in the meantime, if people want to find you doing stuff, is there is there anything that you're here to promote? I don't know if you've got stuff going on in the online world. This is normally what I do for people who have podcasts and stuff. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't do a lot of content online because I am a high school teacher. And so Makes therefore, so much my sense. entire career rides on whether or not I can behave myself in a way that other people find appropriate, which is <laughs> slightly disappointing. So uh, um, all of my like my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, all of that is locked down super tight. So if you don't know me, in person, then you don't get to know me online. <laughs> but <laughs> are you still doing Jet City shows whenever the world is normal again? Yeah. So once the world opens back up again, I will absolutely be involved in performances at Jet City Improv. Uh, I regularly perform there and occasionally direct shows there as well. I don't necessarily have anything in the pot right now, uh, but who knows? Once the world is open again, uh, I will likely be inspired by something. And perhaps it will be as great as Puffs. Look, if you do a sequel to the play that you directed me under, Nancy Yu, if you 
you do Nancy 2, this time it's personal. (laughs) Oh, I was going to go Nancy 2, Electric Boogaloo. Ooh, that's very good. Yeah, that's really solid. Nancy, you 2, Electric Boogaloo would be very solid. (laughs) I will gladly take up, if you'll have me, I'll do a two-week residence of uh, some guest role. I can be the the villain or Ned Nickerson or something for... Yes, yes. (laughs) For a brief stint. And we'll get Nathan to schedule another shop prop for us as well. Oh, shop prop. I I will do shop prop in a heartbeat. I absolutely adore that show. It takes very little rehearsal time and preparation time and is is absolutely just a blast. Yeah, all the time is afterwards. It's it has the most recovery time of any of any improv show. Correct. <laughs> oh man. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. And as they say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they meet all of their new puff friends, Wizard On. Wizard On. Final reminder, if you are listening to this before December 3rd, 2020, that we are doing a Potterless digital live show. You can get tickets at bit.ly slash Potterless Holiday 2020. It will be Kelly and I doing Wizarding World Survivor. It'll be fun. It'll be improvised. It'll be a goofy, silly time. And what better way to celebrate every single Wizarding holiday, not just Wizarding Christmas, than with this Potterless digital live stream. Again, tickets at bit.ly slash Potterless Holiday 2020. Potterless is created by McShubert. It is hosted by McShubert. It is Edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Christine, Aaron Johnson, Klaus, Sir Lopu, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Rosemary, Dodge, Marie, Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadin, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Nikita Power, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Pulido, Alex Consilver, John Cocker, Noel Basile, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Veronica Bartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou Justin Montero, Jacob Parrish, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Zena Resnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Nikki Harris, Kine, Amanda Alford, Kafir Shaltiel, Sarah Shetter, Marta Morrison, Maya, Flor Sake, Georgia Davis, Sky Lily, Adele Ryan, Professor. Threat, Ellie Hoskovchova, Michael David Yordi, Kelly Otilio, Kerry Crumpler, Connie Binkowski, Jen Went, Nedry OS, Will Huser, Marco Cepeda, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Fail on the Meadows Family, Ginny from the Block, Heather Langeal, Kevin Stewart, Lori McDonald, Jarl Sviven, Peter McGrath, Jan and Rose Dab, Callahan and Darius, Leah Reed, Melissa Rapp, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Becca Spry, Reese Dignan, Adam Graham, Joseph Torp, Lily's Mom, Madison, Don't Call Me an Infidora, Sabrina Balsiger, Sophia Loves Pigs, Farzan Sharabat, Melanie Zulhraif, Matt Barger, Okamahime, Bony Pony, Kelsey Gillespie, Rike Mangor Jensen, Taylor Payne, Megan Moon, Riley Kitas, Laurel Happy, Rossanne Batamana, Erica Butler, Miranda, Landon Schwausch, Kendra Hertz, Natanya Page, Yogan Shanley, Darcy Alexandra Harrison, Sandra Rose, Craig McRoberts, Lior Nachum, Demi Lynn, Michelle Spurgeon, Calista Delano, Jennifer Terzi, and Henrique Wolf, Jeremy Elmore, Delkis, Katrina Smith, Jericho Law, Casey Canales, Megan Stempen, Zat, Jack Skitzes, Sophia Lyon, Dane Nemcher, Kirsty, Robin Garcia, Chick Parm, Mermaid and her Daddykins, Alaria Vicentin, Lori, Gregory Hughes, The Real Stan Chung, Pike, Call, Call, Mother Feathers, Nina Jazalik, Ribbon Monstrosity, Brittany Harper, Ashley Summers, Your Friendly Neighborhood, Ravenclaw, Gavin Miller, Jack Parr, Serenity, Alan, Emily Quinlan, Haley Hastings, Sabrina Casanova, Sean Allen, Jenny Browers, Laura Mazel Tovhila, Eileen Gazesh, Annette Pipitone, Kirsten R. Cunningham, Hufflepuff alumni, Brett Clausen, Hunter Gordon, Mary Price, Artemis, Tatiana Schmitova, Taylor Roberts, Karis Davies, Little Vomit Spiders Running Around, Tony Joe, Wandering Alfier, Danae Ferguson, Jordan Engel, Nash Sanadigi, Punkfish, Steamed Nuggets, and Cat Eye Potter. Web design by Kelly Schubert, and the music is by Bettina Campamanas. If you want to find us on social media, you can at facebook.com slash potterless, twitter.com slash potterlesspod, instagram.com slash potterlesspodcast, and reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com. For merchandise, you can go to potterlesspodcast.com slash merch. For bonus content, you go to patreon.com slash Potterless. And for tickets to the live show, you can go to bit.ly slash Potterless Holiday 2020. If you want to tell someone about the show, you think of someone who would like it, let them know. Shoot them a message. Say, hey, there's this podcast. I think you would like it. Or you can leave a rating and review online. Those really do help. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on!
It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.